Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to deal with the rising cost of inflation to pay off your debt or your mortgage, pretty much anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Well, with Yahoo Finance, you can get access to the news, data, and tools that you need in order to help you reach that financial freedom. And when it comes to your financial future, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, you've invested all that you can. And now you need to take those investments to the next level by using what every financial great uses. Yahoo Finance. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. The Peter Schiff Show. So a a news story that I want to talk about. And again, this is, you know, you can file this with the, you know, you know, are they really doing this? I mean, you got to be kidding me uh, file. But again, it's par for the course when it comes to the government because they never learn from their mistakes. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac announced today that they would now be guaranteed or rather U.S. taxpayers will now be forced to guarantee mortgages where the home buyer only puts down 3%. 3%. Now, the FHA has already had a program where they will guarantee mortgages with as little as a 3% down payment. But up until now, uh, Fannie and Freddie have required a more substantial down payment. And now comes the news that they will put U.S. taxpayer guarantees on mortgages where the home buyer can only come up with a 3% down payment. Now, this is completely reckless. And of course, they're trying to spin it as prudent because uh, Fannie and Freddie are saying, well, you know, we're still going to be very tough on our credit standards. We're going to make sure that they document their income. Uh, We're going to make sure they have good credit scores. We were going to require that they enroll in credit counseling, you know, or some, I don't know what, some kind of counseling related to mortgages, but somehow they're assuring us that it, these mortgages are going to be just as good as mortgages with a, a 20% down payment because they're going to apply, you know, the same, uh, you know, credit standards, which is BS because they don't, it, they don't look at the importance of the down payment. But before I even get into that, let me talk about this whole criteria, because in order to qualify for the 3% down payment, you either have to be low income, and I'm not sure what the income thresholds are, uh, but to say that, well, you know, we're going to do it for low income people kind of automatically implies less risk, right? Because the less your, lower your income is, probably the more likely it is that you're going to have problems making your mortgage payments. But the other thing is it's reserved to first-time home buyers. Okay, first-time home buyers. Well, what is a first-time home buyer? According to Fannie and Freddie, if you haven't owned a home in the last three years, you're a first-time home buyer. Now, 
what what is I mean, so you could you could be on your tenth home. As long as you sold your tenth home three years ago, by definition, you are a first time home buyer. So in other words, it pretty much applies to everybody who doesn't already own a house right now. You know, so if you owned a home and you walked away from your mortgage a few years ago, well, hey, they got a product for you. You're all ready to get your first time home buyers three percent down. But what is the big problem with the three percent down payment is? The problem is these loans are so much more likely to go into default. Why? Because the homeowner has very little to lose if they stop making their payments. You see, if you buy a home, the, the cost to sell a house between a 5 or 6% brokerage fee and then your other closing costs, it's generally going to be, let's say, 7%, 8%. So if you buy a home for $100,000, it's really only worth $92,000, $93,000 because that's what you would end up with if you sold it the next day for basically the same price that you paid. Well, if you only put 3% down, then the minute you close escrow, you have negative equity. Now, granted, it's not that negative, but it's negative, right? So from the get-go, the buyer has no skin in the game, no real skin, right? He has a, a modest 3% down payment. Now, what happens if real estate prices drop by 15 or 20 percent, which is very possible, very possible that can happen. Well, if somebody put 20 percent down, they still have a pretty big incentive to make their mortgage payments because even if their equity is diminished to zero, they put such a big down payment. And yeah, maybe the market will come back. And it's kind of psychologically, it's hard to walk away from a 20 percent down payment, especially when your house, even if it's down, you know, you're, you're you know, you have to buy another house. I mean, even if the housing prices are down between the costs. So there's a pretty good chance that if you put down 20%, even if there is a housing downturn where prices go down 15 to 20%, as long as you have the wherewithal, right? You haven't lost your job. You have the ability to pay. Chances are you will keep paying your mortgage. But what if you only put 3% down and real estate goes down 15 to 20%? Now you're way underwater, right? And if you walk away, I mean, there's really not that much that you're walking away from because you didn't put much down. And why continue to make these big mortgage payments when you're underwater in your property by such a wide margin when you can just leave and save money by renting something or just, hey, stop making your mortgage payment, right? Live mortgage-free for a few years. In fact, if you do that, if you put 3% down and then your house goes down 10 or 20% and you decide to stop making your mortgage payments, it's going to take two to three years before you're kicked out of the house. Well, the money you save by not making your mortgage payments will more than exceed the 3% down payment that you lost by getting foreclosed on. That might not be the case if you made a 20% down payment. So in other words, when you put down 3%, you have a massive financial incentive not to make your mortgage payments if the housing market goes down. I would say that if we had a 20% decline in home prices, 15 to 20% decline, I would bet 95% of people who buy their homes with 3% down will default. You know, pretty much all of them are going to default. So why make these mortgages? Another problem too, when you loan money to somebody to buy a house and all they have is 3% for a down payment, what does that mean, right? I mean, they're, 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 A, they're buying a house they can't afford, but they're all in, right? If all the money they can scrape together is just 3%, they don't have any money left over. There's no cushion. What if, what if something happens to the house? 
What if, you know, what if there's a big, uh, uh, you know, problem with, you know, the roof or some of the major, the, the air conditioning or the heating or some plumbing problems? What if the house needs fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars worth of repairs? Where are they going to get the money to make these repairs when they're, they're living paycheck to paycheck? They could barely scrape up the 3% down payment, and now they put it down, they have nothing left. And of course, if somebody can't save for a down payment, how can they save for household repairs or other emergencies that might come up? I mean, chances are somebody that can't save up a down payment is not very good with money. They spend whatever they make, and they are very likely to get into a financial bind in the future and then likely not to be able to make their mortgage payments. And of course, if they're negative equity because they put 3% down and the real estate market has gone down, all the more reason for somebody who's you know a uh, bad uh, manager of their funds, who's kind of trying to figure out how to save some money because they're living paycheck to paycheck and they have some unexpected bills, what's the easiest thing to do? I'm going to stop paying my mortgage. So if, if Fannie and Freddie are going to put U.S. taxpayer guarantees on mortgages, something they never should do in the first place, they should make sure that the buyer has substantial skin in the game, and they should make sure that the buyer has demonstrated a competence in handling money, somebody who can save, somebody who's not living paycheck to paycheck, somebody who has money set aside for a rainy day. Because believe me, when you own a home, it rains a lot. You know, as a homeowner now myself, I can attest to how expensive it is to be a homeowner. And if you own a home, you know about all the problems that come up. You don't have to deal with these problems when you're a renter because your landlord deals with them. But when you get a lot of people who don't own homes who have been renting and you sucker them into a 3% down mortgage with a, with a cheap payment and they're not prepared for all the, the, you know, the problems that might come up and the costs that might come up, they're not prepared psychologically, and they're certainly not pre prepared financially. You're just asking for disaster. Of course, we already had a disaster with government-insured mortgages. Why set us up for an even bigger one? But, of course, all of this is about short-term. How can they goose the home market, right? The housing market is already rolling over. I've been talking about the data. The bubble is, air is coming out of the bubble. So they're desperately trying to blow some air back in by trying to get more people who shouldn't be buying houses in the first place, getting them to buy houses that they can't afford using government guaranteed mortgages. So again, all of this, we've seen this movie. We know how it ends, except next time it's going to end even worse. So basically, you know, the, the, the takeaway from this is, Everybody is so optimistic. They all expect, you know, this big recovery to continue next year. That ain't going to happen. Uh, you know, the air is coming out of the bubble. They're doing everything they can to blow it back up. Everybody just doesn't understand that the real air is going to come in the form of QE4. And that's what's happening. And that's going to be a, a game changer in the Forex markets, it's going to be a game changer for the dollar. I think it's going to be a game changer for precious metals. I think it's going to be a game changer in the crude oil market. If crude hasn't already uh, reversed, you know, so many people now with crude oil at $63 a barrel are talking $50, $40 a barrel. And the thing is, not so much could, could oil trade all the way down there. Like anything is possible. These markets are crazy and there's massive amounts of leverage. So you can have any kind of swing right, in, in the short run. But people are acting as if these low oil prices are here to stay. They're not here to stay. 
This is short-term market noise. Where the low oil prices in 2008, remember, oil went from almost $150 a barrel down to $30 a barrel in the financial crisis. Was $30 a barrel here to stay? No. We went right back up to $115 or so uh, very quickly. So we've made a move down uh, down to um, you know 63 wherever we are. People are just assuming that this is permanent. Well, I, th- I think this is no more permanent than $30 was permanent in 2008. It is market noise, and a lot of it is based on the anticipation of a much stronger dollar and higher U.S. interest rates. In fact, if anything, the weakness in the oil market is reflecting the global turndown, economic turndown, and the U.S. is part of that. Everybody thinks the U.S. is this you know, island of strength in, 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 a, in a sea of weakness, but I think the U.S. market is, uh, is ultimately going to be, the U.S. economy is going to be as weak, if not weaker. So we're going into recession too. But then when we're in recession, it means we do QE, which is what nobody expects. Today's financial advisors behave like pro wrestling TV commentators. They scream that the recovery is strong, debt is manageable, inflation is low, and that the Federal Reserve has everything under control. They may be oblivious, but the danger is real. Looking beyond the media hype can open a world of broader investing ideas. Euro-Pacific Capital is a registered investment advisor that offers stock-focused wealth management services that closely follow the strategy of our founder and CEO, Peter Schiff. We concentrate on those countries that are more closely in tune with Peter's vision of how capitalism is supposed to work. And these investments are not hard to find, provided you know where to look. Isn't it time you change the channel and let Euro-Pacific put a little reality back into your portfolio? If you live in the United States and have $25,000 or more to invest, call 800-727-7922. That's 800-727-7922. Non-U.S. residents access similar strategies through Euro-Pacific Bank at europacbank.com. Euro-Pacific Capital and Euro-Pacific Bank are affiliated companies.